It's Friday, October the 15th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, a deadly attack in Beirut and booster shots in America. First, the world in brief. At least six people were killed and dozens wounded in Beirut after a protest organised by Hezbollah, the militant Shia group, was attacked by unknown assailants. Snipers on rooftops reportedly targeted Hezbollah's supporters. The protesters were demanding the removal of the judge overseeing the inquiry into last year's port explosion, whom Hezbollah accuses of singling out its allies. Lebanon's Prime Minister, Najib Mikati, called for calm. Last week, 293,000 Americans filed for initial unemployment benefits, down 36,000 from the week before and well below expectations. It was the lowest number since March 2020. About 3.6 million people are receiving benefits across all government programs, down from 12 million in August, before supplementary pandemic aid was halted. Boeing's former chief technical pilot, was charged with six counts of deceiving American regulators and defrauding the plane maker's customers. Mark Faulkner is alleged to have misled the Federal Aviation Authority before it certified the MAX 737 jetliner, whose faulty software was blamed for crashes in 2018 and 2019 that killed 346 people. The model was grounded until November 2020, costing Boeing billions. LinkedIn, a professional networking website, said it would shut its Chinese version, citing a, quote, challenging operating environment. For years, LinkedIn has been the only big American social networking platform not blocked in China because it complied with censorship requests. In March, China's internet regulator told the company to tighten its content regulation, leading to the profiles of several human rights activists being blocked in China. Kishida Fumio, Japan's new Prime Minister, told the Financial Times that he intends to scrap, quote, Abenomics, the bundle of economic reforms introduced by his long-serving predecessor, Shinzo Abe, because it failed to deliver broader growth. Mr Kishida also dissolved the lower house of parliament ahead of a general election on October 31st. On the campaign trail, he hopes to benefit from some recent success against the pandemic. An advisory panel at America's Food and Drug Administration unanimously recommended booster shots of the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine for certain groups. Adults over the age of 65 and others at heightened risk who received their second jab at least six months earlier would be eligible. The FDA endorsed similar boosters of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine last month. More than 10,000 workers at 14 Deer and Company plants in America went on strike. Deer, a manufacturer known for its green and gold farm equipment, and the United Auto Workers Union will probably return to the negotiating table next week. Around 1,400 workers at Kellogg's, a cereal maker, are also on strike, and a union representing film and television production crews authorised a walkout earlier this week. And fact of the day, 155, the number of regional or national internet shutdowns in 29 countries last year, 
according to one NGO. And now, here's today's agenda. Porn to be mild. New rules for adult sites. Pornographic websites face new rules around the world on Friday. Publishers must check the identity of those uploading footage or appearing in it and review content before publication. The regulations have provoked moans of displeasure from the industry. But their most controversial feature is their author, not Congress or Parliament, but MasterCard. Adult sites can stop dealing with the card giant, but that would be costly. Together with Visa, which is also taking a firmer line on porn, the company handles 90% of card payments outside of China. The firm's target is illegal material, such as underage or, quote, revenge porn. The rules may help. But there is some discomfort, including among card executives, the financial companies are setting rules for a sensitive business. Their position mirrors that of social networks, which have found themselves policing speech online. Where the law is unclear or out of date, private firms are becoming de facto regulators of the internet. Unaccounted for Trump's allies at the Capitol Riot Commission Four members of the Trump administration were scheduled to give depositions before the House Select Committee on the Capitol Riot on Thursday and Friday. America's former president, Donald Trump, has directed them to ignore the committee's subpoenas, which legally compel witnesses to show up. On Thursday, Steve Bannon, Mr Trump's former chief strategist, failed to appear. The committee said it would push for contempt of court charges to be brought, with a vote scheduled for October 19th. That and whatever action Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, takes as a result will be closely watched. Especially attentive will be Jeffrey Clark, a former official in Mr Trump's Department of Justice, who was subpoenaed on Wednesday and ordered to testify later this month. According to a Senate report, Mr Clark was instrumental in efforts to overturn the 2020 election. He may be glad for an excuse not to give account of his actions. Footnotes Iran's Nuclear Ambitions An alarming problem looms once more. Iran is rapidly advancing its nuclear program. Israel is threatening military action against it and America is seeking a diplomatic solution. Anton LaGuardia, The Economist's diplomatic editor, wrote about the international crisis this poses. Al Monitor, a publication that covers the Middle East, has been monitoring the negotiations to revive a nuclear deal from 2015. It makes for a fiendish dilemma that the former French president, Nicolas Sarkozy, encapsulated thus, quote, an Iranian bomb or the bombing of Iran. Iran does not yet have a nuclear weapon, but the situation is in many ways worse than in the past. The country is closer than ever to being able to make a nuke. One expert, David Albright, puts the quote, breakout time, the time needed to make one bomb's worth of highly enriched uranium, at just one month. Mr Albright's book 
is one of the most detailed accounts of the Iranian program, drawing on years of inspections by the International Atomic Energy Agency and a trove of Iranian documents obtained by Israeli intelligence. Another problem is that the credibility of American diplomacy has been damaged by Donald Trump's repudiation of the nuclear deal. His successor, Joe Biden, is trying to revive it, but Iran doesn't seem interested. Robert Malley, America's special envoy on Iran, discusses the impasse in a recent interview. Iran claims it seeks nuclear energy only for civilian purposes. The trouble is that the technology used to make low-enriched uranium fuel for nuclear power stations is also used to make highly enriched uranium for weapons. Whatever its ultimate aim, Iran's regime attaches great national pride to its mastery of nuclear technology. Quote, our moonshot is how one Iranian official put it, according to The Back Channel, a memoir by William Burns, the head of the CIA who, as a diplomat, helped negotiate the nuclear deal. For more from Anton, follow him on Twitter. Ready, set, go. Germany's coalition talks. After a week of shadow boxing, on Friday, the three parties hoping to form Germany's next government are likely to propose starting formal coalition negotiations. If they can find common ground, the Social Democrats, SPD, the Greens and the pro-business Free Democrats, FDP, will join forces in a so-called, quote, traffic light coalition, named after the party's respective colours. Olaf Scholz, the current SPD finance minister, will take over from Angela Merkel as chancellor. Should they proceed, the talks will be tough. The FDP is sceptical about the plans of its would-be partners for tax rises, green regulations and looser fiscal policy. But the omens look good. Rather than brief against one another, the parties have kept a disciplined silence during the exploratory talks that began after last month's election. The Christian Democrats, who had hoped to lead the government, are in disarray after an electoral drubbing. Mr Schultz's hope of taking office before Christmas looks bright. Goods for you. The EU's trade statistics. On Friday, the European Union publishes figures for the bloc's exports and imports of goods in August. They are likely to be an improvement on August 2020, when the pandemic was curtailing the flow of goods around the world. International trade is booming and has already surpassed pre-pandemic levels. Many larger countries are enjoying double-digit growth. The bloc is responsible for around 14% of the world's trade in goods. Services account for much less activity. America was the EU's largest destination for exports last year and China its biggest source of imports. It receives industrial and consumer goods from China, as well as clothing, equipment and shoes. Machinery and pharmaceuticals, especially from Germany, account for the lion's share of EU exports. Over the past five years, China has become Germany's biggest trading partner, with goods exchanges growing to €213 billion, Euros, $247 billion last year. 
Expect today's results to show that the importance of China to the EU's trade is only growing stronger. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Michel Foucault, who was born on this day in 1926. Schools serve the same social functions as prisons and mental institutions to define, classify, control and regulate people. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Thank you.